questions. Hi. 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 Hello. My name is Anna Valenzuela. Uh, no Alex yet. He's on a honeymoon. He is on a honeymoon. So um, have fun. Uh, I saw a spicy Instagram post about him uh, getting some shade in, in Europe uh, for being in a very fancy train car. I don't understand. It seemed like drama from the 1940s. It was very cute. Uh, <laughs> but we wish you well. And again, mazel. Um, uh, but today, I'm very excited because I feel like we just like ran into each other and uh-huh. are experiencing the friendship we should have had like five years ago before we both like moved and like had 5,000 experiences. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But now on this podcast, you can identify yourself however you want. So you can say your full name. You could say just your first name. Does not matter. So it's like whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. Cool. Um, I mean, my name's Devin hey. Flurry. I'm pretty open about this stuff. So I love yeah, that. Devin. Oh my Hello. God. I love that we were in uh, a women's meeting that I have not been back to. And I definitely, I think I'm free this Wednesday. Nope. Nope. I have a road gig, but, um, uh, I was, oh, as the I, mental calendars. It's like, wait, what do I have going on? What do I have going on? I don't know. Because there's like the digital calendar that makes no sense. And then there's the mental calendar, which is like, Oh fuck, I forgot something. Yeah. I've had to learn because I have this tendency to over schedule myself or I'll commit to something. And then when mm-hmm. I go to put it in my iPhone calendar, because unless it pops up in my face, I just have, I just don't show up to it. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I, I think it doesn't exist. And then the day of somebody's like, Oh, Hey, can you, yes. are you still such and such? And so oftentimes I'll commit to things and then I'll open up my iPhone calendar and I'm like, ah, fuck, I got something going on that day so <laughs> I I off like I've I'm getting really good at catching myself um when people are like how about Wednesday at such and such and I find myself in the middle of saying yes and I'm like hold on go check because <laughs> I <laughs> I forget I'm like oh yeah like things like sound like such a good idea in the moment or yes. whatever yeah. Um, yeah. I do the same thing. Even last night there I was supposed to have like an email, I call it an email party with another comic where we get together. And we just like email things. Uh-huh. Uh, just like, <laughs> please book me on your show. Cause I won't do anything. If, if left to my own devices, I'll just watch RuPaul's drag race in a loop. Oh my God. I know it's so much fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so that being said, uh, we both forgot last night. So shout out to Brandy Posey. Sorry. We forgot. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What did I forget? No, last night? no, 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 you. no, no, no. different person. Different oh, person. Shit. So, so <laughs> I'm like, I forgot something again. I Is this it. old age or we're not no, that old, I mean, but I mean, I feel old. I, 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 sometimes I think like, am I getting, am I senile? And then I just realized I don't get enough sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for a morning person, I don't get much sleep either. So, <laughs> so I love it. We were driving over and you're like, I'm not, re- I'm a morning person, but I'm not happy about it. No. Which is like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, when people think of morning people, they think of them. So it's like bright and sunny, yeah. like Brady Bunch movie, like good morning. And I'm just like, I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. That's I'm awake and (laughs) like I have so much shit to do. How am I going to do it? And then I usually sit around for a while, (laughs) just kind of like (laughs) laying in my bed, scrolling, like snuggling with my cat. And then I get up. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a sweetie. He's he's an asshole. I've never met him in real life. I've (laughs) only seen him digitally, but I know that he brings you both joy and frustration. Yes. Yeah. That he does. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Woody. 
<laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. So uh, let's get into these questions. Cool. This is, this is very fun. This, this is, is very fun. So interesting. I feel like I keep saying this, but I've never done a podcast before. So I'm <laughs> like, what do I do? How do I sit? What do I do? You just talk. This is pretty okay. informal. Um, some podcasts, you go into a studio and they give you like headphones and they give you, you know, it feels very much like doing a radio show. Yeah. And then some podcasts... Uh, you go somewhere and someone hands you a microphone and you sit on their couch or whatever. Yeah. This is in between. <laughs> I've, and I've noticed a lot of podcasts you do like a live videotaping. I thought about it, but yeah. because we, I don't know you from comedy, I was like, normally I Instagram live it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, you know, no. Give yeah. it the, give it the, it's also cool. very early. Good. It is early and my hair still dry. You look <laughs> you look lovely you look lovely don't even thanks i i get it i understand <laughs> i don't i don't blow dry my hair it looks like i do it's it's a whole thing you don't but, blow dry your hair uh-uh. no it looks like it looks well i had hair as curly almost as curly as yours a couple of years ago and then i had some health problems and the texture of my hair changed holy shit yes really this is a hair podcast now we're talking this about hair. Incredible. we should I was talk like a, about hair. <laughs> i was like a diva curls devotee really yeah like oh. i can show you pictures it went from but when you met me before my hair was this texture so it was mm-hmm. like i had a hormone imbalance and then they put me on like medication now my hair went straight holy shit yeah incredible yeah it's weird incredible female bodies are insane they really are i mean it's it human bodies are insane they but are. like women's like that with the power of making life comes a lot of uh comes a lot of uh responsibility i know we're oh like my god <laughs> I, yeah oh my god i can go into a whole thing about that but you cracked me up so <laughs> there was a, there are two types of women in the world there is the yeast infection woman and the uti woman <laughs> well it's true it's true it's like one without getting into too many specifics i feel like <laughs> you know the uti girls are like i've never had a yeast infection and then the yeast infection girls are like i've never had a uti and i'm like what is there it, does god just decide when I girls guess. are born like okay this is going to be your issue and this is going to be your issue you know what i think it might be is that uh maybe it's an underwear difference okay Maybe, maybe maybe it's a tightness situation. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't. I don't it's know like who would t- want to wear tight underwear. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to wear tight underwear. I think they buy underwear at the first of the year and they gain fifteen pounds. Yeah, probably. I think that's what's- <laughs> you know, I I just recently bought underwear because I didn't want to do laundry and it's a habit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a habit. So it's a habit that I got into in New York because doing your laundry in no. New York City is a pain in the ass because oftentimes there aren't laundry units in your building. You have to go to a laundromat. And so there was a period of time where I would do laundry drop off and just have them do it for me. But in one of my last apartments in New York, the, the washer and dryer, we actually had one in the building. It was always fucked up. And so, yeah, because somebody's and, like washing their shoes in it and a bowling ball. Yeah. I also, yeah. the landlord was a bit of a slumlord. And so yeah. it, it was just, I would have to walk, you know, many blocks lugging all this shit. You know, it was just, it was too much. And so oftentimes I would always buy the granny panties at, you know, CVS. CVS granny panties. And so I recently, I just, I haven't done that in a while. I was like, I don't feel like doing laundry. And so I bought a pack of Hanes and I like, I guess, I don't know if it's body dysmorphia or what, but I got 
it's they're too big (laughs) they literally look like those bikini bottoms that they're like vintage yes (laughs) yes up super high yes i lived in them all week they were so comfortable i don't i don't know why anyone's buying underwear that fit them you should always get a size too big you really should um But yeah, now this has gone from the hair podcast to, to the, the yeast infection UTI podcast. I was just going to say, this podcast. is if you are an Unpops Network person and you enjoy <laughs> Brouhaha podcast, uh, you just add some talk about JLo and that's, that is the, uh, that is the show. Um, awesome. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll, let's get into like the questions. Cause okay. you're, I admire your recovery so much. Oh, thanks. It was like such a delight. Thank you. Such a delight. Thank and you, you have expanded spiritually in all, like all these like different ways. And, yes. And I'm very interested to hear like how that's affected or added to recovery too. You know, that sounds like, or interesting face. Yes. Like, I'm trying hmm. to, I'm like, hi, huh, I've never really thought about it in that aspect. Well, I will say if it weren't, um, if it weren't for recovery, I wouldn't have probably, I don't know if I would have explored a lot of these different areas. Um, when I had first done my 11th step, um, I was still living in LA and I was just searching for some sort of something and you've done obviously you've done an 11 step before it's you know it's a matter of like finding what method really works for you um and for a very long time I had naturally gravitated towards you know the I don't know how to put it the 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 hippie art the the hippie art (laughs) yes the you know the very you know, new agey, um, you know, oftentimes when you talk about it, people go, huh? What is, wait, what? (laughs) You know, um, except for in LA or Southern California. No, definitely not in Southern California, but there are, there are some skeptics and I understand. Yeah. And, um, I was really searching, searching, searching because, um, I don't know. Like I just, I knew that there was, there was just a lot more to that. So, you know, again, I often, I often say like, if it weren't for the 11 step, I wouldn't have eventually found what I found. And it wasn't until I moved to New York where I found, um, where I found Reiki. Um, and you know, the whole, they liked the healing arts where it's Reiki sound healing, um, their shamanism. There's so many different, uh, there's so many different uh, aspects of that. And it has definitely gotten me to have a stronger connection to whatever my higher power is. My higher power used to have such a clear definition when I was, you know, when I was newer, where it was like, in that very black and white way of being new, where you're just like, it's this way. And I know it. Yes. And Mm. it's funny because, you know, I feel like the, as time has gone on, I feel like my relationship to recovery and my relationship to the steps have changed in a way where it's not so black and white, you know, and my, my higher power no longer has such a clear definition anymore. I no longer, I'm like, this is what it is. Um, 
I, I love it when somebody gives me a very specific definition of a higher power. I'm just yeah. like, oh, baby, you're so new. <laughs> I just almost spit my coffee into your microphone. It's, it's that wouldn't be the first time. It's and a, that ended that podcast because I got electrocuted. No, you're um, good. <laughs> but what is like with the evolution of your recovery? Like, how mm-hmm. do you experience surrender? Like, how how does that work for you? How do I experience surrender? Um, I you know I think it really. <laughs> gosh. Ah. Surrender, <laughs> you know, I was, I was told once that you don't surrender just once. Yeah. And so it looks very different. Um, oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm like, what do Don't be nervous. Like, You're fine. So how does this, wait, ask the question one more time. So like, how does, uh, how does surrender, like, how do you experience it? So the reason why I say experience be, is because I'm one of those people who mm-hmm. falls in the camp of like, um, <laughs> UTI or yeast infection. No, um, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, one of those people that falls into the camp of like, I, I think it's a process. I think surrender is, is a process. Like I say, when we were first talking, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm surrendering to the fact that I need to change the way I do day jobs in mm-hmm. order to pursue my dreams. Oh, 100%. So it's like, there's always a moment where my disease has tipped me in one direction a little too far. Yes. And the surrender is that bouncing back up. Like those, like those chairs that sort of look like a, a top that people sit in and they sort of rock back and forth at children's museums. (laughs) It feels (laughs) to me, that's very much the process of surrender of just like up down, like, you know, well, I feel, I feel like the, the process of surrender, I feel like is the same where I'm just like, Oh, aha, it doesn't have to be this way yeah I don't have to fight this right and I'm reminded of oh yeah I have tools to deal with this like my my very last apartment in New York um well my very last apartment was a sublet the final month but the one before that um my roommate and I we started out really (laughs) like we loved each other And then towards the very end, something snapped and we hated each other and tensions were building and we came to blows and do you guys like physically fight? No, no, not blow. Everybody's like, did you fight? Maybe I should change the way I say that. You came to, we had a heated argument where we were like going off on each other and like, she's going off. I'm going off my verbal fisticuffs. My my cat comes running into the room. He starts meowing at the two of us. (laughs) The three of us, the three of us are going off on this at the same time. And my initial reaction, you know, to being so upset and so angry is to want to go into retaliation mode, you Mm. know? And so I'm not going to get into like too much detail about that, but it was like, I was just so enraged and I almost had like a blackout of some sorts where I'm just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then I realized I had this moment where I realized, oh, it doesn't have to be like this. And what was I taught? You know, what was I initially taught? Like, you know, was surrender was pray for the other person Mm -hmm. before you act on anything, call someone. So Mm -hmm. I called someone, I called my sponsor 
And then I, I had a, you know, I still had this group text of girls where I reached out to them and I was just like, I'm going to punch this person in the face. Ah! <laughs> you know, like I want to, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And it was a daily thing up until I moved out of like, wow. this is what's going on. This is what I want to do. I'm calling you instead. So I don't do that, you know? So surrender again is that like moment of like, oh, aha, it doesn't have to be this way there is something different, you know, and it's really also about leaning on other people and really leaning on the support of other people in recovery. Yeah. Because part of being in recovery is not having to go through it alone and just leaning on them like, Hey, like I'm in a fucked up place. I really need help, you know? And it was the same thing as when I was new, when I just came in and I was in a fucked up place and I really needed help. And I was just like, okay, aha, (laughs) there's another way, there's another way of life basically. And so, and I made it through that situation. Like I had another person in recovery come with me when we did the key and deposit exchange, you know, I was like, I need somebody there like with me as support, you know, another addict came with me. I checked in with my sponsor before I checked in with my sponsor after like, it was like one of those times where, you know, this was at over 13 years clean where I was like, I need, I need to lean on people and not go through this alone. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It was, it was bad. (laughs) So it sounds awful. It was, it was, it went from the best roommate situation to the worst. And it was, did she have like anything else going on? Was she like, she might, she might've, um, I don't, yeah. Again, I don't want to get into too much detail about that, but I wasn't, I wasn't innocent in it either, but we were, we were both so adamant about, the other person being wrong, you know, and there was no way to talk to her and it was very difficult to live in and everything. It was, it was, it was a very dark, difficult time in my life to just right. get through. Cause it's hard, you know, your home is your sanctuary. Um, and to come to a place where there's so much hostility, it was, it was uncomfortable for the both of us, you know, yeah. and I know that she was probably, she was definitely going through something else at the time that had nothing to do with me. So it was just, an unfortunate thing. And I, you know, I remember that stupid saying, like, when you're resentful against somebody, pray for them. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I hated that. I'm like, I, the, you know, like, dear God, help this fucking bitch. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Fucking like, you know, and, it, and I had to, it, it's, prayer, you know, prayer started out that way, but it was, oh yeah, this is somebody who's going through something that yeah. has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I mean, there, it, we do have some issues with one another, but like, there's also something bigger that has nothing to do with me. Right. And it's, she's, she's another human being and she's hurting. And this is not know. about who bought toilet paper last. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, it was unfortunate, but again, it was, that was the surrender of again, like, uh, like I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it, I don't have to suffer. Basically. Right. I don't have to suffer. I don't have to torture myself. Um, and there's something different. And it was a lot of leaning on my higher power too. It was a yeah. lot of, 
help me, please help me get through this. Please help me get through this. What are other times in your recovery where you've experienced, or not even like either in your recovery or out of your recovery? Like Mm -hmm. what was like a most insane moment where you found yourself in that state? Um, actually right before I got clean, my first time was probably the most insane one. Um, I was 21. Uh, it was a month and a half after my 21st birthday and it was, it was just the worst of the worst of the worst of how I had, you know, of where I had gone. And, um, you know, I, I, I called my, my best friend. We, you know, we had been best friends since we were 13 and I had been lying about my drug use, you know, cause yeah. I was, a, I was a very young addict, Yeah, you know, like I got started very, very early and then I stopped using a particular drug for a year or two. And then when I moved to California, I started doing it again and it just rapidly took over my life. And I called, I just had this moment where I just broke down sobbing because I looked, it was one of those moments, you ever had that moment when you were using where you looked around at your space, Yeah, you know, like you would, you'd basically, you'd just been in such a, like, it was a day, like days upon days upon days long binge where I just did not stop. And it got to the point where I was driving to work. I had a door to door sales job. It was so bad. It was so bad. You're knocking on people's doors and you're like, hello, I'm high. (laughs) Yeah. Would you like to buy Tupperware? It was, it was such a, (laughs) it was such a dark time in my life because I worked in a company of mostly men and we would have to practice our sales pitch to each other in these tiny cramped rooms before we went on the road. Like the, I think the office was in Burbank and then we drove out to the Conejo Valley, like Newberry Park area right, and right. sold pizza um, coupons. <laughs> Hilarious. And um, there was, I remember like there were so many different signs that were leading up to it, but I remember it was late at night. I hadn't slept in days and it, you know, when you hadn't, you hadn't slept in a long time, you start to hallucinate. It was like one of those things. Yeah. And I remember I knocked on a guy's door <laughs> to sell him coupons. And he goes, he's like, he goes, what are you doing? And he, he, he more so meant in the sense of like, you know, I shouldn't be walking around by myself in the dark, which I should not have been. I was a 21 year old girl, but he also was like, he, he, I felt like it was more of a metaphorical, what are you doing? Are you okay? Like, why are you doing this? Right. And and then fast forward to a few days later where I was still awake, I got in my car to go to work and I couldn't even handle being in my car yeah. um, because I was just losing my shit. And so I went home, I used a bunch more and, um, you know, it was just had this moment where, I looked, I just looked around me and I don't even remember what I saw, but it was like my whole life had flashed before me and I realized (laughs) that, oh shit, yeah, this is bad. And I just broke down sobbing and sobbing and I called my, I called my best friend and I said, this is what's been going on, which she, she fucking knew. And it was, I was like almost like screaming, crying. It was so bad. And, um, at the, I don't remember much of what I said except for the very end through tears. I said, I just want my life back. Yeah. Because I said to her, I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And she said, what makes this time so 
different from every other time. Right. That, like right, right. you said you could not do this anymore. Cause I was always the person that would be like, I'm never doing drugs again. And people would be like, shut the fuck up. You say that all the time. <laughs> and, um, and, and I said, you know, I had, I said to her, I was like, I, I realize I'm paraphrasing. Cause I don't remember the, like the exact words that came in my mouth. I, I said, I, I think I have to stop doing everything because I would always stop doing my drug of choice, but just smoke weed or just take prescription pills or just drink or just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I just knew I had, to, I had to stop and yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Right. You know, this all has this, that yeah. this time, the time has come and I need help. Um, and ironically, my old drug dealer had called me the day or two before and he had gotten busted and he had ha- had to, you know, get sober and go to meetings. And yeah. he, he had, I guess, was slipping through his old phone and randomly called me. He said, I, I was flipping through my old phone and was wondering how you were. And I called him up and I said, you know, I, this is what's going on. I need help. And my old drug dealer took me to my first ah! So that was a moment of surrender where it was like, cause so many times I, I would try to just use different things yeah. and I knew it all had to go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sorry. That was such a long story. No, that was perfect. Yeah. You're a delight. You're killing it. <laughs> okay. You are killing it. Um, what, how do you make like in, in, in terms of like the third step, right? Mm-hmm. How do you make decisions in your life? And how I make decisions in my life, um, I, that's such a, oh, hmm. I've always, I'll, I'll explain to you like, why you, that question yeah. is there. Okay. I've always been fascinated by decision making because I was very bad at it for many years of my recovery. Yes. I think it took me about 10 years to be able to be like, make clear decisions yes. and not feel a tremendous amount of anxiety about it. Yes. Uh, come to find out I'm a pretty anxious person anyway. Yes. That's just sort of like what's in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I became kind of obsessed with the idea of like how people make decisions, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the third step is you make a decision to turn your will and your life over Mm -hmm. to the care of a higher power. And for me, that's such a, it's such an interesting fundamental decision. So I'm always curious, like how do people, how do people make decisions just in their life? You know, honestly, how I make decisions is, I make them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that they work out. Either I, ha- I, either I battle it like back and forth. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I yeah. do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then finally I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then like, it always somehow works out when I just yeah. finally make that decision. Like, you know, it was, it was the same thing with like moving back to New- you know, back East mm-hmm. and living in New York city. I it took me two years to actually do that. You know, or I was yeah. like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I just made it, you know, and, you know, the universe, my higher power, whatever you want to call it, just had my back. I feel like every time I make a, dis- like, I just do it. Yeah. I'm taken care of. Like, I'm in the care of. Right. And, but I will say that oftentimes I'm just, it's always that, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Right. So I'm probably the worst person to ask this to <laughs> It's that that back and forth. Right. Of, is this the right decision? Is this the wrong decision? I no longer run my decisions past everybody. <gasps> yeah. um, when I was newer, 
I would run it past everybody oh, and yeah. everybody has their fucking opinions, you know? Yeah. And ultimately it is my life and I am the, you know, I am in charge of my life. Right. And so I no longer, when I was new, I had to run it past everybody before I even did anything. And then I oftentimes did something that somebody else suggested and yeah. ended up going against myself and, right. you know, um, you know, what I wanted. Um, but you know, I, I feel now it's like, if I do have it, like if I do need to make a big life change, I do talk about it. I do talk about my sponsor. Like I, she knew for a while that I wanted to move back to LA and then the opportunity presented itself. And I said, okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know, let's do it. Um, you know, and there were people that I talked to about it, but it was, um, it was more so just like following my intuition and following my heart. Yeah. Um, sort of the true North thing. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> true <like> North. <laughs> yeah. I had a sponsor say that her idea of her higher power, or at least her experience of that is that it's, it's her true North. It's like an inner compass situation yeah. and you know it when you're in it and you know it when you're not. Yeah. And it took me, I always tell people like, took me a very long time to complete the steps all the way through, but mm-hmm. I always tell people the relief mm-hmm. is like finishing. Yeah. Like when they talk about the spiritual awakening, what that is for me is like the screaming in my head stopped. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, like yeah. literally just like one day it was over. And I was like, why did I wait so long to get to the end of the screaming? Why was I so comfortable with the screaming for so long? I know. And, and, uh. and it was impossible to make a decision in that state. It was impossible. Yeah. So like, now yeah it's 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 accessing now that i have the the ability to access that true north that's mm-hmm. that's important you absolutely know? Yeah. and i think that that comes with with you know doing that inner work and working yeah. the steps is like i've learned because i did i did not know how to do really anything for myself when i came in and yeah. now you know, I, I don't know if it also has something to do with the fact that i was so young at the time and now i'm a how, grown woman i was how old are you? I was 21 initially. Okay. Um, and then I had a very brief but very intense relapse. And then it was 22 when it okay. stuck. And so. Yeah, and I was now, 20. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of contemporary, like, yeah. <laughs> well, mob of LA young people running around. I know. How, I always think about that of how how fortunate I was, you were, to, yeah. have, to get clean at a time where there were so many young people. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. They, yeah. they it, granted, we were all insane and like, crazy, all insane. We were like, we were like, young, we had like young person impulses and anger, but like old person curmudgeonness <laughs> yes. at the same time. Oh my God. It was like this Venn diagram of character defects that were like somehow beyond our years. Totally. Yeah. But like, it was so, it, it was so magical to yeah. have that. And there are times where I get very nostalgic, um, where I, I, and also like we, I had very limited responsibility at the time too. Yeah. It was just kind of, you know, I went to work and I went to meetings and I hung out with friends before and after. And, you know, we, it was, it was such a special, special time. And yeah. it's something that, I can, it was, I can never yeah. get back. And I yeah. oftentimes, <laughs> I oftentimes think about that, you know, and cause you know, I think, and I'm sure you can relate to this, um, where, you know, as time goes on, my relationship with, 
recovery itself changes. Like it's yeah. no longer that same passionate fire excitement. It's yeah. you have to, I've had to learn how to, you know, allow my relationship with it to be different. Cause it's probably aside from my family, the right. longest relationship I've ever had, right. you know? And so, you know, I, I, I oftentimes find myself like I'll get nostalgic for those times and for those people, especially, you know, like I, I really, you know, I miss spending time with those people and being with people. We've all grown and changed and oftentimes we grow apart and it's just life is not the same. Um, but it was such a beautiful, magical time to have that. And we were, we were so damn lucky. I don't know what it was like anywhere else, but I think in Southern California, was just the greatest place I could have been. I really feel like I was divinely guided here because I remember always, I always knew I was going to live in California. Like I always knew I was going to live in New York. I always knew I was going to live in California my whole life, you know? And my, you know, at the time I was a journalism major my cousin had suggested Santa Monica college. And so I applied online, you know, and then months later I got a response and I called my dad and he said, well, why don't we go check it out? And the moment the plane landed in LAX, I knew that LA was going to be my home. Um, and I really feel like whatever that was, cause it was one of those times where I really felt a power greater than me, even though I knew I, I had no idea what that was. I yeah. just, there was like that voice inside that said, yeah. this is where you're supposed to be. And I feel that it was for specifically recovery. Like, I feel like I was meant to, I was meant to come out here yeah. to, to yeah. come into recovery and thank God my mom at when I was, I was in a sober living house and my mom was seeing a therapist at the time who also happened to be a drug and alcohol counselor. Adorable. Yeah. And my mom was just like, I want her to come home. Like, I don't, I don't like her being all the way out there with this. And the woman said to her, listen, your daughter is in the best place in the country for what she is doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, yeah, it was, it was a it was a great time to get clean. I'm I don't know what it's like for young people now cuz I just I imagine it's um I mean I don't know either. I mean I always I kind of don't I don't hear a lot of times. I don't hear as much anymore um about remember how people used to share to the youngsters? Oh god, those fuckers. Remember that? Ugh, ah, you're so lucky. You're it's so like, lucky. Yeah, or the even a couple years before that, the like, you know, I sh- I shot more, you know, I spilled more dope than you ever shot or yeah. whatever. And it's yeah. just like first off, most people, I mean, come on. So like Yes. So there was like there was I, I think it's evolved quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And to watch isn't it weird to not be like we're still young we are we're not old no we're not but we're not we feel we're not young (laughs) young we started the podcast saying that we're both old we're both i feel like it it, it's so funny i was like i never when i was when i started to have health problems i was sharing a lot about like i had no Mm. plan for this yeah i had no Uh. plan for this age I had yes. no idea. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think, I didn't, I didn't think past 25. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I often <laughs> say that too. Cause even as like when I, again, I said I was a, a young user, like I, there were, I couldn't really see far past 18 or 20. Yeah. Like I could not fathom what yeah. life would be like. So I never thought I would be the age yeah. that I am either. And yeah. even, it's just, it, I don't know. <laughs> I it, like the idea of like, 
planning for like, should I open a Roth IRA? Yeah. Like th- those are questions. I, I know. Th- those are questions for a different person. Should I freeze my eggs? Like, yeah. Should I freeze my eggs? Like I these know. are not, these are questions that you don't, you know, I just didn't, Ugh. I didn't run into and never. And, and now that's the experience, strength and hope I get to share in meetings because when I was like brand new, brand new, I lived for old timers going through shit. Mm. Like I lived for it. <laughs> did you really? I did. And the Aww. reason why is because I knew coming to the program that my my dad experienced in his later recovery all the hardships that mm-hmm. were my childhood yeah and so i knew going into in, into recovery that like uh, when an old timer is sharing about a divorce for something or mm-hmm. like like losing a job or like all the different things yeah to really listen because those are the people that are going to show me how to get through it. Oh my God. I yes. would, I was judgy at first, you know, you know how our brains work. It's yes. just like, it's like, well, I hope I'm not that crazy when I have that much time. And the truth is, is I'm way crazier. Oh my God. No, you know what though? I'm so grateful for that because I went through, I remember there was a couple of people around the time I had like you know, two, three years, which is a rough time period yeah. to begin with. Like, I feel, I feel like you, there's so many different like pockets and phases of recovery, but there were a few people that were having a hard time wanting to go to meetings and they yep. would come to meetings and they would share about it. And I remember saying to one of my friends who had a lot more time than me saying, I hope that's a yep. little miss. We can bleep. We can, let's yeah, yeah let's, we'll bleep. We'll let's edit that one out. But I was Little Miss program. Go to, um, program. Yeah. Go to a meeting every single day. I had a million different commitments at the area levels, you know, yeah. regional levels. Yeah. So much. And I had said to my friend, I hope I never go through that. And she said, you will. Uh-huh. And the everybody goes through it, which I don't think everybody does, but a lot of people do. And she said, I you know, um, I definitely mm-hmm. did. And I remember the, these there are two people in particular that would always share about they did not want to be at, at meetings. Um, and when I went through it, because my time came, our time always comes, I remembered the two of them and I showed up to meetings and I said, I don't want to be here. I'm having a hard time coming. Yeah. And, you know, I made it through that period. You know, Mm -hmm. I really made it through that period. Um, I could still stand to go to more. Like, (laughs) I could still stand to go to more, but it was, thank God for them. Because if you, if you, you know, because oftentimes people are like, oh, don't share the negativity. And it's, it's not negativity. It's it's experience, strength, and hope. And when you, Mm -hmm. when you come and you share what's really going on and you, keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And eventually like you make it, it through, it changes. Mm-hmm. People need to see that, mm-hmm. you know, people really need to see that. And I really needed to see this because I went through it too. And I've had people reach out to me saying, Hey, like, I remember you sharing sh- yeah. about this. I'm going through it, you know? So I think it's super important to, yeah. Yeah. to show up and share that just be that person <laughs> to be that person you know and um oh my god i just saw this your mug i'm so ad- right like a motherfucker i, I love, love it. it yeah i love that mug <laughs> um yeah what is your like with kind of that in mind like what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself and recovery 
the most surprising thing I've learned about myself in recovery. Um, I hope you can do, like edit out the long pauses. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're fine. Okay, cool. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I think that the most surprising thing I learned about myself is This is weird. I'm like, I always have a hard time sharing the good things about myself because I think it sounds egotistical. Like, Share it, girl. You know, yeah, this is a this is a safe space to be proud of yourself. I, the most surprising thing that I've learned is that, like, I'm a, like, I'm a good person. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Th- think I didn't ever think that I was and it's not to say that I don't have my asshole moments because I definitely do especially especially at work um but I wanted so bad for so long to be like that dark bad girl you know you know what I mean and even my therapist she said to me she's like you know you could stand through the walk you could stand to walk through this world a lot less angry like you don't have to wear your trauma all over you you know like I you know I had to do trauma therapy for something I did EMDR and um, yeah it was pretty intense and my um my trauma therapist and my regular therapist were, you know, kept in touch with one another. And my therapist had said to me, you know, I, I spoke to the trauma therapist and she said, I feel like she can get let go, but she does not want to. Wow. And cause like for the longest time, I, you know, I thought I was that person, you know, yeah. and, and I need to carry that with me. Um, and so, I'm kind of just like a softy that tries to seem very hard. <laughs> and I'm not, I think, you know, I got a bunch of tattoos in early recovery. I probably did not need to get them. <laughs> like, well, they look great. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I think probably the, the, you know, the most surprising thing is that like, I'm a good person. I am really soft and loving and I'm yeah. not as like hard and, and hateful as I try to come uh, off it's a shtick a concrete marshmallow yes yeah <laughs> or, do you remember when they used to say i never hear this anymore and i live for it when they'd be like when i got here i thought i was hip slick and cool oh my god hip yes slick cool that's, that's like buddiest shit in the world hip it's slick and cool it's true like, like terminally unique yes. and fatally cool and i'm like i'm so not like I'm such a fucking dork, you know, like I'm a dork and I'm weird and I'm quirky. And, you know, I think at times I still try to wear that like toughness on me, which it's like, I'm, I'm really not that. Like, I always thought that I was like this, I wanted, I always wanted to be the bad girl and I just never was, you know? And so I think, you know, circling around to your question, it's just, I'm, I'm not that bad girl. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, there is a softness inside me. Um, 
which sounds, feels so weird to say out loud. I'm like, oh my God, this is getting documented. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's vulnerability. Yeah. It's trending right now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag vulnerability. Hashtag vulnerability. <laughs> Hashtag Brene Brown special. Um, I haven't watched that. Yet. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I love her books. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I, haven't I always say if there any. was a, if there was a drinking game around this podcast, if I brought up Brene Brown or the body keeps score, then oh, you God. take a shot. <laughs> I, those are two. It's so funny because I'm such a self-help book junkie. Um, and I, <laughs> I've never read either one of those, so maybe I should add it to my collection. It's funny. I honestly think if you've done the EMDR work, you might not have to like go down the unless you were experiencing some trouble with trauma again. I wouldn't go down the. It's it's a it's a really triggering. The one book, um, the Body Keeps Score, is really it's a lot. Okay, It's, it's a good book though if you're resistant as I was to looking at trauma in terms of trauma. Okay. You know, like I, I think it's a good book to kind of like, Oh, I need to know more about this yeah, experience for um, sure. Uh, but like Brene Brown's great. Yeah. She's pretty great. Yeah. She's, she's just, she's got like that old timey, that old timer kind of like sit down. We're going to talk about it. Be, be vulnerable kind of a situation going on. It's pretty nice. Okay. Maybe yeah. I should. Cause I've, I've watched so much Netflix being <laughs> sick this week. <laughs> I think I've watched every stand-up special under the sun I and then it. a few documentaries and then I love it. Yeah. Get it. YouTube and podcasts and freaking at one point I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah. You started what to watch. <laughs> what do I watch now? What do I listen to now? And right. Then I'm like, then I'm listening to like all the depressing U2 music in my freaking <laughs> like, uh. um, but yeah, I should check. I should definitely check that out. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Cool. You know? Yeah. There's always that pressure to like, you know, keep up with the Joneses sometimes in the self-help community. And I know it's not going anywhere. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to like unpublish it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Unless she does something terrible, but, um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, cool. What, what is sort of like the, uh, your level of honesty in your life today with myself or with others or All, all around? Um, the level of honesty is just being as honest as possible. Yeah. Um, I've noticed, um, I, I have only a certain people that I can share certain things with, Mm. you know, um, like real intimate details with, but I will say that my level of honesty with myself and with other people is, yeah, fairly honest, you know, um, I, I I was actually talking with one of my best friends in New York, who's also in recovery, um, about like, you know, um, cause I used to like try to be friends with everybody and I was like, everybody knew my shit and I would go to meetings and like share TMI, like, you know, get to the point where it's like, I'm just trying to be honest. And it's it's, like also a phase though. It is. Yeah, it totally is. Um, I've noticed that I've really wanted to keep my circle a lot tighter, you know, and, um, a little bit smaller, not to say that I don't want to be friends with people. I do. I think that, um, I've just know that like maybe my stuff is not for everybody and there's only certain people that I can go to with like the real nitty gritty, which I'm fortunate. I think if you have just one person that you can go to with that stuff, like that's enough. Um, it's mostly my sponsor and my therapist that like get like the real nitty gritty and like maybe one or two friends. Yeah. Um, but 
my level of honesty is like yeah pretty fucking honest yeah, girl <laughs> yeah what's uh what's your experience of fear and anxiety <laughs> lots of it right. um, <laughs> lots of it um with I mean I I mean I've always had anxiety I've actually you know there was a period of time in recovery where I was taking medication for depression and anxiety yeah. um my experience um I think it's like a lot of like that that inner voice of like can't do it you're not good enough you're gonna fail if you try you can like like the, and, and it's like sitting in that that mind racing of like I can't do it 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 and then like I go and do it and I'm like oh I did that you I know? did the thing yeah. um I think that you know ties back to surrender of like oh it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like this um but my I think a lot of my experiences with fear and anxiety, especially when it comes to decision making, is like that fear of making the wrong decision. Yeah. And, you know, fucking up my whole life, you know, when I'm trying to decide whether or not I should do something, um, especially when it comes to anything in regards to career or where I'm going to live or all that stuff. Um but, you know, in hindsight, when I look at it, when I just take that yeah, that step and do the thing that I want to do and stay true to myself, like, I'm always in the care of. Like, things always work out. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. it. I I'm like, that. what, what, what? <laughs> like, what's my worst story on fear? I'm like, I don't need to really. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. You don't need to do that. What's your, uh, what's your, like, um one character defect you're still really working on right now oh my god avoidance ah high five uh, avoidance you know and that like that I, that i feel like that defect has sub defects which has sub defects you know it's ah! like avoidance procrastination denial right. mm-hmm. you know um i really you know like my way of dealing my whole life was just to not deal, which is why drugs were so perfect because they were such a perfect excuse to not deal. I mean, you know, I grew up in a a house that was very loud and there was a lot of yelling going on. So, um, from like, I would just check out and disassociate. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I didn't really realize was a true problem until I moved back East and was like, Oh, this is, this is a thing. And this is why, like, this is why these other things happen because when, you know, I, when I, I feel like anytime there's something that brings up feelings, I want to check out and I want to avoid. And then that turns into not getting anything's done, not making decisions, not, you know, like not, um, doing that. And so it's, it's a daily, it's a daily reprieve, you know, of like, of learning how to show up for myself and show up for my life and be in my body and be present. And, um, and do the things that I have to do. Um, yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> literally, it'll be like, okay, you know, I have, I should be writing something or I should be like working on, you know, whatever it is that I should be working on. But it's like, I'm scrolling through Instagram and right. like, I'm on freaking Google. And there's so many ways, especially now in this yeah. day and age, to distract myself and to avoid doing the things that I need to do. Yeah. Um. So it's a, a daily thing man yeah yeah i get it 
I've been there. I've been struggling with that a lot. Probably the last couple years, like Uh really struggling with that. So, well, I think especially when you're in any kind of creative career too, where it's like, you're really putting yourself out there. You're really putting yourself on the line. It's just like, okay, here I am, you know, and there's a lot of rejection and disappointment that does, it's inevitable. It comes with it. Um, you know, and there's so many times where I'm like, what if I get rejected? And it's like, well, what if I don't, you know? Yeah. Um, what if I don't, you know, and there's so eh, eh, like, again, it comes down to, I feel like everything's all interconnected, like yeah. surrender, making mm-hmm. that decision and then actually having the faith and walking through with it and doing it. Then it's like, oh fuck, what the fuck was I sitting around right. for? What was I what? so freaked out about? Yeah. What was I so freaked out about? Like, and honestly, like, you know, failure is inevitable and yeah. I think there's a lot of growth that comes with failure. I've oh, learned. yeah. It's very painful, but I feel like that that comes with, um, that comes like, okay, where do I need to grow right. next? Yeah. Like, what's going to help me move to the next phase yeah. of this? Um, I love that. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes so much sense. I feel like so many times I talk in circles and I don't make any sense to anybody. If there was a if there was a a subtweet to this podcast, it would be talking in circles podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, yes. exactly. Or the sub sub defect. The sub defect. Yes, it would be. It's like, how did we get here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What what is your experience of forgiveness? <sighs> um, <laughs> My experience with forgiveness is, um, I really hope you can edit out all these long pauses. No, you're doing great. Okay. (laughs) Um, I've, I've learned that I've had to, in order to really move on, I've had to forgive because holding on to a resentment or anger towards somebody only hurts myself. Yeah. Um, and it's not something, I don't think there's a, a magical formula for forgiveness other than like, other than step work, obviously, cause we're a 12 step <laughs> program, but, um, um, I think it's just been, um, knowing that I owe it to myself yeah, to like to forgive in order to heal. Yeah. Cause I don't think that you can really truly heal heal without that. Mm-hmm. Um, as not to say that there are people out there that I don't forgive. I don't, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, um, I, 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 I feel like I've, you know, the major people in my life, you know, like, my parents yeah i've found forgiveness for um exes like the things like that you know family like mostly family members like i've been able to find forgiveness for and i think the biggest thing is learning how to forgive myself yeah um but again it's a it's a matter of um like nothing can, I don't think that anything can really move forward at all. Right. In my life without that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, like, do you forgive everybody or is there some people that you're still mad at? I like defects will pick up the anger again sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
I went through a phase in my recovery where I was working the steps, I think like the third time through. Yeah. I can't even remember at this moment. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I got laid off from my five year plan job. Oh yeah. And I was devastated Mm -hmm. and I was really, really angry. Mm -hmm. I was like the level of anger that like, I was dealing, you know, like my mom had died. Like there was a lot going on. Yeah. And I had a sponsor tell me that I, we were on, we happened to be on like the, the eighth and ninth step mm-hmm. at the time. And she said, you know, it, it's impossible to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. without actually forgiving Uh, and and she was like i know that like your interpretation of your program is pretty like rigid right mm -hmm. like it's pretty like this is this is the information i take in i keep it very like clearly focused like Mm -hmm. first tradition wise and she said but uh, there was this book that like the people in the earlier programs like were really attached to called the sermon on the mount by emmett fox and she uh-huh. said i'm gonna take a piece of it you don't have to read it i'll send you the pdf yeah she was like you don't have to read the whole thing but i'm gonna take a piece of it and <laughs> just kind of adapt it to our language okay and it's this it was this prayer about forgiveness and mm-hmm. it's about like freeing that other person and freeing myself Ooh, yeah send that to me I, it's actually in my book when we go to the meeting today it's i keep it in there okay and um you can take a picture of it it's okay. like it's uh and and i basically i i she said just pray for them and i then i realized because at the time my prayer practice was to sit down and journal the prayer because mm-hmm. my ADD and anxiety is pretty raging. So like yeah. I have to, I have to like really focus on communication with mm-hmm. a higher power. Otherwise it's like, God grant me the serenity laundry, you know, like it's yes. this whole, <laughs> it's like this whole like weird thing. So, so she, um, she tells me like to do this and I quickly realize from the first, she said, just do it with the people you worked with. Uh-huh. And I, so I start writing it down in these little formal letters. And I really, I realize in the, and, and also I'm in therapy for the first time for trauma and like neglected abuse and stuff mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And, um, I couldn't even call it that for years yeah. because if I admitted it out loud that I was super hurt and super angry, there was a lot of weakness associated with that. for mm. me. Oh and God. so I, yeah. I didn't even give it a name. I was just like, Oh, I just had like a rough childhood. And it's like, no, yeah. no, that's like, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's generations, you know, exercising probably, you know, however many years of yeah. trauma going over and over and over again, progressively getting better. But yeah. like it's, it's tough. Uh-huh. And so I start writing these letters and I realize it's gotta be everybody. So I bust out my old four steps. I bust out my old eight step. Wow. And I start writing it. Uh-huh. And a transformation occurred there where it was um, the thing holding me back in my recovery for many years, keeping me angry, keeping me very self-will focused Mm -hmm. was my inability to forgive everyone, including myself. Oh, well, I, because forgiveness like surrender is a process Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize 
I I misinterpreted forgiveness as just let it go, like water off a duck's back. Like, I hate that. Say, just let it go. Just let it go. Like, like just let okay, it go. Kathy. Like exactly. Wanna, like, I, I love that. Was always a Kathy. Oh, okay. a Kathy or a Susan or, or Karen. Karen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like very. You know, just just let it go. Just get over it already. Just or, get over it. Man, just be happy. Man up or yeah. woman up or you know, know. Wh- whatever it is. And the truth is, it's like you can tough your way through a lot of situations. But my I can't forget give anybody until I forgive myself like I I can't I can't be and and I wrote and I remember it was like I would go to therapy and I would just just like have to curl up in the fetal position afterwards in my car Mm -hmm. and then like collect myself and then just go to the gym and like sit on an elliptical machine and just be like (laughs) okay oh god crying in the middle of the gym crying in the gym there yeah you're like doing that because I didn't want to feel my feelings that intensely and I remember my sponsor at the time just being like, I know it feels like you're in a swamp right now, Mm -hmm. but one day you're going to wake up and you're going to feel sunshine for the very first time. Oh, wow. And that's the freedom that they talk about when they say like, um, especially you always hear that no no addict need die without the experience of freedom from active addiction. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was until that moment that I truly experienced it. Oof. And... And it was the birthplace of like starting to do stand up and starting to, I didn't have the self-esteem up until that point to even realize I had a creative bone in my body. Oh my God. I was a, a, a rabid consumer of all, all things, you know, humorous and weird and campy and yeah. just like pouring it all into my brain. And, um, and, and that kind of like was the big turning point in my life and my recovery. So that's why I love that question. Cause it's like, forgiveness is such an experience it is an experience it's it's yeah yeah a lot, i feel like a lot of these questions too it's like how do you even answer that because it's such a process you yeah. know and it's not something that's magic you know yeah. i feel like it just is something that y- you have to work at and try it and i don't want to say fail at because you don't fail but i think it's a I think it's a matter of like coming to it on your own terms you know yeah and i I think it comes with the fact that, you know, I, I want it like I am, I, for the longest time I was so hardened and, or I wanted to be hardened, (laughs) whichever, whichever one it it is. And so, you know, resentment and anger kept me that way, you know, um, and allowed that. And I feel like it's actually in this past year where I've started to really break through that and say, okay, I don't have to be that dark depressed hardened person anymore yeah you know yeah um like my acting coach would say it all the time she goes you have all those tattoos but like you're such a softy you know she said well she didn't say it all the time she goes you know you're you're a softy like you you're tattooed but you're like you're soft yeah yeah um yeah I don't know. It's all exterior shit. I mean, yeah. I think now, I mean, when I see newcomers now, what I see a lot of is um, everybody's like buff. <laughs> I went through that phase. <laughs> I went through that phase. I started working out. I was like, oh, I got my, I got my black, my tattoos where I got my black belt. Oh my God. Karate. Like, yeah, I never knew that about you. Oh, <laughs> I never. And I, a lot of people, cause I have, a, I, you know, I have an issue with rage, um, it's not like I don't yeah. go around beating people up, but I have a lot of internalized rage. Yeah. Um, and so like the way I handle it is like, you know, 
eating a lot or like there's yeah. certain like because I just have I just had no way to really release it and express it yeah um and a lot of people had suggested martial arts mm-hmm. to me um and I had I'd briefly for a little while I'd gotten into um boxing in New York there's this um thing called rumble it's like a boxing inspired okay. workout where you release so much and one of my friends in in recovery in California was like yeah you should try jujitsu you get to choke people and I'm like <laughs> yes <laughs> So is it is it a it's good great. way to release rage? It's a good way to release that stuff, and it's also a good way. To, I mean, again, there was so, uh, large phases of my life where I was in such denial about trauma that like there's definitely some stuff you got to be aware of, like um, as far as safety and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely I went really really hard to the paint, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I would compete, you know, I would teach like. And, and God bless all the women I used to teach with because I was so fucking competitive with every single person around me. And they were just <laughs> like so nice and so understanding that like who hurt me was not in that dojo at that time. Uh-huh. Um, but I definitely like that's an experience that it's like I didn't graduate college, but all of my work ethic really comes from that experience and the acceptance of being bad at something, mm-hmm. you know, like the ability to the greatest thing I've gotten creatively came from karate, which is the, the ability to fail. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you're just not, you don't even really know how to walk for a couple of years. They're like, no, your weights on your heels. You got to put your, your weight on the balls of your feet and you got to do this and you got to do that. And so you realize that you're just getting into the experience of your body for the first time. Yeah. And, um, but it was, it was really, it was really fun. I miss it every day of my life. Like yeah. I used to say like, I'm not right unless I can punch a guy in the neck. Like, <laughs> And, and, and that they sounds just, so like so ugh. they they let me be really aggressive like like in class I was kind of the enforcer like if somebody had a lot of lot of ego coming in sometimes my sensei would be like why don't you do like conditioning with Anna and they'd be like because oh. a woman's body <laughs> is our center of gravity is much lower mm-hmm. and so we're able to inflict more damage with the bottom half of our body than mm-hmm. the top but yeah. if you learn how to move that from boxing for example if you learn how to move your hips and your feet punches start in your toes yeah so like if you learn how to how to or your heels depending on what type of Mm -hmm. you know fighting you're doing but i used to cross train in boxing and do all of that i wasn't a jujitsu person yeah um i i'm not really great at ground fighting Mm -hmm. but i would i would highly recommend you know if that's something that you want to yeah and there's research like there's trauma research around learning, like getting into any experience of your body, whether it's yoga, martial arts, um, mm-hmm. Pilates, Absolutely. whatever it is. Like, so it's, it's a really good experience. And I think that, you know, I see a lot of guys in the program now that are like full on Gracie Barra rash guards, yeah. you know, they, they vape a lot, which yeah. is fun. But I remember everybody vapes now. Yeah, I know. That's like a whole thing. And I, um, I'd quit smoking and then started doing stand up and I was like, I'm either gonna smoke or I'm gonna make some really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. So I started vaping. Oh. And it was uh that was very silly. Before it was like cool. That's the thing is I used to relate so much to that because I always thought, can I be honest with you really quick? Yes. I always thought because be I, honest with me I all the time. <laughs> always lived in the like in the valley or in like St. Gabriel Valley and we would come over for meetings in Hollywood mm-hmm. and I always thought like you are so cool and I am so uncool. <laughs> no, what? I'm serious. Really? Oh, yes. And because everybody like in Hollywood at that time was the there's a lot of like there's a lot of like cool kids in Hollywood. 
There's a lot of cool kids. There are a lot of cool kids. But now I know what it is. Now I know it's bravado. And I remember there was a moment um, I had a roommate in recovery at the time and he was, we were going somewhere and I said, uh, how do I look? And he said, like an anime fan, which I am. I like obsessively (laughs) love anime. And he was like, he was like, you look like an anime fan and kind of like sneered at me. And I remember thinking for years and years and years, like, oh, I'm so, and he would say like, God, you're so uncool. Like, ugh, you're just so uncool. And, um, ew. Yeah. Fuck that and, guy. But then I really, here's the, here's the release. I am uncool. Everyone's uncool. There's no such thing as cool. It's fine. I have. I am a 36-year-old woman who has a, 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 a hot man and money to buy bigger pants. I have nothing to prove to anybody. Oh, that's awesome. That's that came from uh, that came from Nina. She was on this podcast. She's delightful. But like, I have I have everything I need. Yeah. I wear a fanny pack to the gym now. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I, just, I love it. I don't like it's. You don't have to. You know, but it took a long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And oh I just, God. I always just remember being like, oh, like, like really? the clothes, I, the hair, the tattoos, all of it. Like, I was just like, oh, she's so cool. Really? Because I never, like, isn't that funny? I, I, I've never thought of myself as, like, I've thought of myself as, like, trying to be hard or, like, ah! that, but I never thought of myself as cool because all the time I would always just hear people say, you're so weird. We're all like, weird. We are weird. And, and I haven't I, met a person in a 12 step program that isn't fucking weird. Everybody's fucking weird. That, which like is great. Which is, we are the weirdest. Fucking people. <laughs> but I, for the longest time, I'm just like, I'm so weird. I'm like, I'm just like, I always felt like such a loser weirdo, like in a room full of people misfit. that feel like loser yeah. weirdo misfits. They're and, all just trying to fake confidence, which I feel like this younger generation too. It's like cool for them to be weird. Yeah. Do you do you remember? I I kind of get a little. I get resentful <laughs> at these young these people that are like youngsters. I'm, I'm weird, and I'm like, yo, like I I grew up in a time where it wasn't cool no. to be weird, and it's like I'm. I I always feel like I you know in a room full of people, I'm like I'm gonna say the wrong thing, like I'm yeah. just so odd, and 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 you know it's kind of a, it comes with I think self acceptance of like. Yeah, like yeah, you're just weird. Like you love horror movies and hell yeah, and Guns and Roses and yeah. <laughs> you know and and you know you're y- you wear weird stuff and I it's think, okay. I don't think <laughs> like, you wear weird stuff. You really? definitely have such a sense of style. I really, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I enjoy it. I always I always admire other women. I'm like, God, you look so cool and so effortless. But I feel like we all have our own insecurities about how yeah. we, how we look. Yeah. Um, Cause there's so much pressure to look a certain way, especially in LA yeah, and New York too. Cause in yeah. New York you get on a subway, it's just a giant fashion show. Like the cool, if I feel like when, like if there were cool people, they're on the New York subway. Ah! They're everybody's they're like, trying, they're going out to like Brooklyn. Yeah. They're going to, or Bushwick. they're in Brooklyn. <laughs> they're in Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I feel sometimes I would just look around me on the subway sometimes when, you know, and everybody would be on their phone. Um, it's, it's such a great social experiment to sit on a subway and put your phone away and just look at people. Um, because so many people, everybody's just in their own world and they're on their phones, but everybody just looks so cool. (laughs) Everybody looks so cool. Oh my, my God. All the cool people come here, I guess. 
Yeah, I was. Somebody told me the difference between LA and New York is you can't wear you can't wear your workout clothes on the just around in LA. You can wear your workout clothes everywhere. I feel like it's yeah, it's like chic to look disheveled here. It truly is. Like I, I mean, I go and get. I mean, I didn't. Get, I I never really gave a fuck. I, I I would go in New York. I would go like in my pajamas and get coffee or like you know. I yeah. just didn't. I didn't get. I felt like that was that was one thing LA gave me. It was just like just look disheveled. It, who cares? And nobody does. Um, but like, I feel everybody looks some level of cool in New York. Like first thing in the morning, getting coffee. It's like they're even. like stylishly disheveled. I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm just disheveled, disheveled. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm cat lady disheveled. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, like you just you emerged from a bathrobe and you just sort of dropped yeah. it and left the house. Like, yes. I am ready to go get coffee. I'm ready to go get coffee. That's amazing. Yeah. What's what's been your like? weirdest amends my weirdest amends um my weirdest amends was probably one that i should not have made which because i had done it without the guidance of my sponsor yeah um and now i have to go back in this round of steps probably and make it again amazing Um, it was one of those things where I was caught up in the moment and I just did it and I wasn't clear on my part. Um, and I just wanted to do it to just clear the air. Cause we were in a car together and it just should, it ended up creating more damage. And now I don't speak to that person anymore. Um, that was probably my, there was a lot of ego involved in that, you know, yeah. I, I think, I think it comes to, um, cause I feel I, I've, I've gone through the steps once through and I've, I've been on this round of the, st- the second round of the steps for like forever. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, uh, I think it just started a fourth step again. Um, and it feels different. Like I almost feel like you have to go through that first round of the steps where you're like kind of still not right in your right mind to like prepare you for this next round. Um, but it was a really good lesson in like when it comes to amends, run things by your sponsor, run things by your sponsor. Um, I will say the happiest weird amends I had, um, There was a boy in school growing up who um, he, we were all so mean to him. Like we were really, we were, kids are fucking terrible. Um, And I know the reason, um, I know the reason why I was ever mean to anybody was because I hated myself so much and I needed like, you know, I felt oftentimes cause I was, you know, I was bullied as well. Mm-hmm. So I would pick on somebody who I felt like was more weak than I was yeah. just to ha- feel some sort of power, which is something I didn't realize at like, a, you know, 10 yeah. years old. Um, you know, and we, it was funny cause after that in middle school and high school, we were totally cool, but it was just, I remember a very specific time when we were a lot younger where I was just like pretty terrible to him. And, he ended up becoming a filmmaker and the first two films I did in New York were his. Whoa. And I did, 
Yeah. We ended up meeting up. I, 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 we, we ended up reconnecting and he, it was through him where I met another filmmaker who I did, um, my, who I did like my, my favorite film that I did in New York, like one of my favorite experiences. It was like a character that I just felt so connected to, but I'll never forget, um, this moment, um, and he wasn't even on my men's list, I don't think, but I was cleaning up. I was working at this little cafe in New Jersey, and I was mopping the floor because we were closed, and I'm in the middle of mopping, and he sent me, you know, he sent me a message. He's like, hey, like, do you have an IMDB? And I was like, no, I don't. He said, oh, okay, like, you know, I, I can we can get one like set up for you, but I want like, I want to give you a credit. And it was my very first IMDB credit and it was through him. And which is like, as an actor, it's one of those moments that's so exciting and so profound. Like, you know, like your first time, you know, your first, you know, the first movie you get the first, um, credit, you get the first agent you get. There's certain moments in a creative career Mm -hmm. where it's like, my God, I got to this point. Like, this is so exciting. I can keep going. It's, it's one mm-hmm. of those things to look back on. And I realized in that moment where I was like, this is the time to make an amends. And I said to him, I said, I just want to let you know that like, um, this is a moment I'll never forget. You know, I'm like, thank you so much. And I just want to say like, I'm so sorry for the way that I treated you when we were younger. Um, you know, I was in a very different place in my life and, um, you know, you didn't deserve that. And I, I just, you know, I want to make an amends to you. And he was like, Oh my God, I don't even remember that. Like Ah. he goes, I always remember you as being nothing but nice to me, but thank you so much. And he goes, and thank you for that heartfelt message. Cause I was like, I'm in the middle of mopping a floor in a cafe and I got my first IMDb credit and I'm, you just made my entire day. Yay. It was just such an, and then I continued to mop. You know? Yeah. Cause you it's gotta like, finish the floor because it's, it's so funny when you're in the process of, of pursuing something and you have to make a living yeah. at what, you yeah. know, of some sorts that it's not something you want to do. Your brain, your outside perception is that you get that IMDb yeah. credit and then you throw the mop on the floor and you, <laughs> You walk out into fame like, yeah, like, kind of like, or like the ending of like an officer and a gentleman where he carries yes. her out of her job like yes. I'm, you know, I'm out of here no. I'm gonna go live happily ever after and, but it was such a humbling moment um that was so beautiful because I, I just knew I knew it was time yeah you know I knew it was time and um yeah, so that was probably another weird one, but yeah. it was like a profound one. And I love that. yeah, we were able to move forward from there. But yeah, that's so funny. Like you think that like you have such milestones. Yeah. I think it's actually really sometimes really good when you have these milestones and then you have to show up to your job. I think it's yeah. actually really good to show up to that job because it's super humbling. Like, yeah. I had a, a day actually a couple of weeks ago where I filmed a really kick-ass audition where I was like, I nailed that, you know? And I love, there's this whole thing now with self-tapes where instead of going in and meeting the people in person, you send in a tape. Yeah. 
I know a lot of actors don't like it. I love it because it gives me a chance to perform and to act and to oh. it, like it makes me so happy to make them. And um, so it was it was so fulfilling to do this. And then after that, I gave two people Reiki, and then I had to show up to my restaurant job after that. And you know. Um, I can easily go into that place where I've gone too many times. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to fucking wait on people. Like, am I still waiting on people? Am I still really doing this? And yeah. one thing I've really learned um, a lot to lean on is gratitude. You know, like I'm grateful for this job. Yeah. I'm grateful that it gives me the time and means to do what I love. And it, I'm grateful for the fact that like I can be humbled now because I think oftentimes when you're, especially when it's something creative, it's such a high. Yeah. It's such a high and these these day jobs or these night jobs, you know, help bring us back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> Very quick. For sure. And so I ended up having a really incredible shift where I was like where I was so happy and content and 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 grateful for the fact that I even, you know, have yeah. a job that allows me to do this. And I said, you know, I'm, thank God for this because I, I, I feel like oftentimes when I have those creative highs, I have such a like crash. Right. Um so yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely worked at the the sober living the weekend after shooting a television thing. That was crazy. Really? And just like walking in and being like, I'm here right now. (laughs) Nothing has changed. When my, our roommate just shot, um, uh, stand up for a comedy central thing. And Uh he, uh, I texted him that day. I was like, this is a big day. Mm -hmm. Um, just remember HD cameras are, brutal so don't refuse the makeup you think you don't need it but you do Mm -hmm. um and have fun and enjoy every moment of it Uh and then because he's he doesn't know how to receive love i sent him a second text and i Uh said and i also kind of hope the lights fall on you and you die and i turn your room into an (laughs) office and he was like thank you fair enough (laughs) oh my god oh my god i hope the set catches on fire yeah and you die and you die and i get your room and turn it into an office yes we burn your couch <laughs> yeah. in the street oh yeah light that light that thing on fire Light that thing on fire and it's over um and toast marshmallows yes uh but it is a big moment it's like you have to celebrate the wins and also remember that they're wins they're not mm-hmm. forever yeah yeah oh totally yeah totally i think we all as an addicts we always want to have the we just want to have the the win. The win constantly. Constantly. And I think I think it's important to have those but not to cling on to uh, like yeah. cling to those and think that like it can all, you know, like it has to keep getting better. And it's like no, like especially often Oftentimes times with a creative career where it's like, it's such high highs and such low lows. Yeah. And it's how do I take care of myself in between? Yes. That's something that I've had to learn how to do is how to take care of myself in between because I've had so many creative crashes yeah. where it takes me, it takes me forever to like recover from. And right. it's, it's, um, you know, I can't, I can't have that high all the time. Like there needs to be that. Yeah real life in between i love that yeah that, and that kind of that gets to our 10th like question uh-huh how do, what's your day-to-day look like like how do you maintain this this devon situation this devon situation <laughs> how, do, how do i maintain my life well my day-to-day is um i wake up <laughs> good Solid start. i uh kiss my cat a bunch of times because usually by that time he's stopped 
terrorizing me and he slept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always, it's always, they always get really cute right when you have to wake up. Um, <laughs> and then I just, I mean, my days all look so different. I'm trying to get better about being in that morning routine. Mm. You know, like I had signed up for transcendental meditation classes this week and then I ended up Did getting really, I got really oh, yeah. sick and couldn't go. It was so, there were so many things I could not do this week because of this damn illness. Right. Um, and but if I you're an I, avoidant person, there's a part of me that's like, well, I'm sick. I live on this couch now. Yeah. Oh no. But I was so upset. I it was yeah. the one time where I was like, I've been so avoidant and now I can't do something that I want to do. Like <laughs> shit. But now I want um, to, <laughs> I do try to do some sort of yeah. something that grounds me, whether it be go through a walk through my neighborhood without headphones in, without music playing, mm. just, um, you know, I walk in the like the little inner pockets where yeah. there's a lot of flowers and a lot of trees and uh, people walking their dog. And I just try to like take in what's going on around me because that really grounds me a lot. Yeah. Um, I make coffee. Love it. Um, and then like, you know, there are certain times like at 11 a.m. I'm submitting for auditions because that's around the time that they come in. Oh, and okay. then I submit again in around 3 p.m. because that's when they all come in again. Oh. Um I check emails. I try to write, uh, you know, there's, yeah. And then I go to my night job and I wait on people and I, you know, miraculously don't throw food. at them. <laughs> um, Be nice to your servers, everybody. Seriously. And tip your servers. 20%. Tip. 20%. At least. Girl. Oh my God. I usually make like for the tour guide thing. I make pretty good tips. Cause yeah. like, even a 10% tips, like, pretty you know pretty 80, to, 80 to 100 dollars like yeah. it's amazing i got australians listen to me <laughs> oh will, god i already know how this is gonna end i up. will okay. come to your garbage island and burn it to the ground i will <laughs> if you don't learn how to tip some of you very generous some of you please what yeah. are you doing what there's you a doing reason right why great white sharks are really big in your exactly area. Yeah. exactly eat them all i hope them. all the sharks grow legs that's <laughs> yeah. how bad that tip was yeah. i was like i hope they grow legs i hope they come on land and they eat you like that's <laughs> how that's how frustrated i was i had like just a moment of like of course like it was a bad it was like a bad tour it was a bad day it was just like one of those things mm-hmm. that i just knew at the end of it like i hope i hope these i knew i was gonna get like nothing mm-hmm. and then they that's what happened yeah it occurred i was like great oh they got eaten by great whites or what they oh, no they just you know they gave me a less like like a like a po- like a point like a one percent tip <laughs> wow i was like well at least it's something and then i did stand up that night like it was just like okay and then and then you go do stand up and then you go do your thing and then you go do your thing it's like okay well that moment is over just keep it pushing what are you gonna do oh my god yeah they yeah you know hmm. bless their hearts they don't understand oh god i can i can go in yeah no well and i'm gonna say i love by the way i know we have a lot of uh the network that i'm on i I know we have a lot of lovely australian listeners and i know you know how to and i love it's a lot of australian friends too and i i one of the restaurants i work at is australian inspired oh that's so funny i should not you know i don't think it's it's not even like it's not australians at all it's a lot of people and people from other places in general that's the that know our tipping etiquette and yet still do not follow it like we 
at, at a restaurant and then I worked at in New York, yeah. we still, we added, um, I know some places still do this and some places don't, but we add uh, gratuity for parties of six or more. Yeah. And this, I think these people were from Spain and, um, it was late at night and, you know, thank God there was a manager on duty that was at the end of his rope. So I could kind of behave however I wanted. And hilarious. <laughs> They gave me, you know, they gave me the money and they shorted me a dollar fifty. Like the gratuity was included, but they had shorted me a dollar fifty. And something in me told me to just go up to them and say something, you know, and (laughs) technically I would not have, I probably would not Mm -hmm. have done that, but like I can be petty. Um, and I walked up to him and I said, excuse me, like, I just want to let you know that like it's short a dollar fifty, two dollars or whatever. And he goes, no, he goes, that's enough. 20% is way too much anyway. And I looked at him, I go, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I said, no, uh, it says so right there on the menu and you owe me a dollar fifty. And I stood there. And I I stood there and I made him give it to me. I said it in front of all of his friends. So like, he goes, I want change. He gave me like $2. So I gave it to him and all like nickels. I was just like, fuck this guy. He ended up leaving it on the table. Um, But like, I think that some people know the tipping etiquette, but they still don't adhere Uh, to it. And it's, and that's, and they, but I have, that's what makes me mad. Eileen, as a comedian, I'm always going to do like the most reductive, maybe ethnocentric, funny response, but not necessarily. I mean, obviously, I know it's not all of Australia, but it is funny. Like there are just certain countries where, you know, you have to explain tipping. Yeah. And I do. I do throughout that. You build it in jokes. Well, I think that I think that I mean, there are people who genuinely don't know. I can tell when they don't. Yeah. You know, I can really tell when they don't. But a lot of I feel like there's also a lot of people that do. And yeah. they use it as an excuse. And I, I had a manager one time who was from Bosnia. He's like, there's no excuse. They teach us this in school. <laughs> like, ah, I love it. So I was like, I don't know if they actually do teach that in school. Like, is there some, some, I don't know what class that would be like, FYI, whenever you go to America, tipping's a thing Yeah, <laughs> you should do. I don't, I don't, Take I can't Take the sales imagine. tax and double it. Yeah. There you go. Well, no, it's that's not, not even hard I don't math. even think that's. Because so, oftentimes the sales tax actually is not enough. Oh. Yeah. Just oh. times okay. it by point two. You all have smartphones. Yeah. There's tip calculators. Yeah. Get a smart friend. Yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend's a math tutor. I'm like, what should I tip? Yeah. I don't even want to think about this. I know. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I know how to fold a fitted sheet. You know, actually, I don't. Uh, I but- don't either. Who knows how to do that? Um, there was a period of time where there was a YouTube video going around where like my mom, my aunt, like all the, like everybody's parents, all like everybody's moms was sharing oh. it on Facebook. Like my life has changed. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's so funny. That's, that is really funny. That's really, really funny. I haven't, I mean, I, I don't care what my fitted sheets look like when they're folded. So yeah, I don't care either. What mm. I, I but what's your, <laughs> so my day to day, again, my day to day, I don't, my day to day is very it's, it's different each day, but I, I try to somehow maintain a schedule. I'm very bad at discipline. Like I yeah. have a planner, but I don't actually use it. Right, right, right. And I need, like, I need, I've, it's been a constant thing that I've talked about, especially with my therapist of like being like having business hours for myself, having, yeah. you know, um, having that. And there are some days where I'm good and sometimes I'm just, yeah, 
I'm tired. You know, I work I late nights. I'm tired. I want to rest. Yeah. You got to you know? rest your creative brain too. Yeah. It's like it's such a strange world we live in. Cause it's like, you got to have business hours. You got to always be trying. Also you got to do self care. You got to do this. And it's like, everything kind of feels like failure at a certain point. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. everything feels contradictory. Like yeah. you need six, you know, like, you know, it was like, nine hours or eight hours of sleep, but like, you know, like don't sleep on your dreams. It's like, what am I supposed to right. do? Or it's like, can I get eight hours of sleep on my dreams? Is that, <laughs> exactly. is that possible? And I feel like there's so much emphasis too, where it's like, uh, so much emphasis on like no sleep, like hashtag team, no sleep. And I'm like, where's the balance? Cause it's like, you do need to work hard and you do need to have that time to work on your, like, yeah. work on your career because that's why you we work these Chose other jobs yeah. but like I also need my sanity and sometimes I need to like check out and like watch an episode of The Office before I go to bed that yeah. I've already seen like there's certain things that I need to do like the hashtag team no sleep that's a hashtag I feel like that yes that's hilarious team no sleep we should look it up on Instagram and see what these people look like. That's so funny. They look haggard is what they look. That's, uh, I love it when people will be like, you look tired. I'm like, you're honest, but you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. That's really, I hate when people, I say am that. tired. I that's am. <laughs> I've had a table one time say that to me. Like what? you look tired. And I'm like, there's okay. so read the specials. I'm not going to tell them to you. There's a Mel's diner in, um, in Sherman Oaks. Okay. Where there is one waiter who's the nicest, most present, most amazing person Ooh. in the entire world. Okay. And then there's one waitress that always looks like she's on the verge of a breakdown. <laughs> and it's so funny. Cause we'll be like, we'll kind of, we'll walk in and we'll look to see who's working, which section. Yeah. Cause the first time I sat in her section, I actually turned to her and I said, are you okay? I was like, are you okay? Yeah. We gave her a nice tip. She, everything, the service was great, but she would just sort of walk up and be like, <sighs> oh <laughs> like she was going to cry onto our food. It was always like, I'm here. <laughs> and oh, I God. hate it out loud. <laughs> I've had those shifts. I, I was just like, the first time I was like, how's your night going? And she was like, fine. Why do you ask? And I was like, oh, I know. I, and it's, it's actually, I think, I feel like oftentimes servers don't know how to handle, sometimes don't know how to handle those nice customers where like people will be like, how are you? And I'm like, yeah. I kind of feel like pulling up a chair and sitting down and crying. <laughs> no, no, I, I know never say that, that but I've had that like mental where I'm like, I could just pull up a chair and sit down and, and cry. Like I've, I've, I mean, it, nobody's going to be on top of their game all the time yeah so i've definitely had those shifts where it's been like a a struggle to be in and be there and you know um i mean i was actually thinking about this the other day i had like an old friend of mine had passed away Mm. sorry you know thank you she had uh she'd overdosed and she you know i'd gone to the funeral I'd seen a bunch of old friends it was like a really sad sad time and mm-hmm. I was just you know as an, at that time it happened I was also in the process of a move um you know like the final 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 end of a, a relationship I should not have been at. like there was just so much stuff going on yeah. at that time and I was working I forget if it was a Saturday or a Sunday brunch, but it was a weekend brunch shift, which anybody who's a server knows that those shifts are insane. 
and I had it like almost like a mental break where I had to go to the bathroom and just cry. And yeah. it was like, and thank God I work in a restaurant that blasts loud music. So nobody <laughs> hear me because I was like screaming, <laughs> wailing, crying. Yeah. You gotta let it out. And I just let it out. And then like, I, I, my face was still blotchy, but I showed back up on the floor and like, my very first, like my first table out, like it was a table of gay men. And like, thank God I was like, Oh God. Okay. I don't have to put on a face right now. Like I was just like, they were all looking at me like, Oh God. Like none of of them asked me if I was okay, but they were looking at me like they knew I was struggling and like it was gonna be okay. You know, like it's gonna be okay, girl. Um, you know, and it's just like, it says, I think that's a, also a part of adulthood too. It's yeah. just like showing up regardless. Yeah. You know, yeah. suit up and show up. It's the thing. It's a hard thing to do in the service industry. Yeah. Yeah. What's your experience of a higher power? My experience of a higher power. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah, we did. Um, my experience of a higher power now um, is just, it's really just the universe. Yeah. It's really just the universe. And um, if so, if, um, I feel like that's such a fucking white new agey response. Like, it's the universe. <laughs> I feel like they co-opted the universe from us. Yeah, right. Those people. Those people. Yeah, somebody was in a 12-step program and then joined that group of people. Or maybe um, we're just that group of people and maybe, it's okay. Fuck I, it. Let's I think have so. fun. Yeah, I think so. I think it's my concept of higher power is just... I don't even really, it's not definitive anymore. It's just the universe or whatever power it may be. It's not one single thing. It's it's like, you know, hearing something I need to hear from another person or just going on faith and knowing that I'm in the care of something like my move, you know, like just knowing that I'm in the care of, um, you know, I think that's, that's one thing I feel like oftentimes when I go to meetings and I hear something that I need to hear, yeah, that's my higher power. Right. You know, it's a, you know, it's a bumper sticker that says something very bluntly that I need to hear in that moment. You right. know, um, it's, it's not, it's not a clear definitive okay. thing for that. me anymore. It used to be again. Right. Um, but it's, I feel like it's again, more the, cause I feel like all those things are also the universe, you know? Right. Um, and how, um, God, sometimes I feel like I don't know how to talk. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I don't know. I think that's good. Yeah. What's one thing you want to give away on this podcast like what's one thing you want to tell somebody just like you out there in the world that it's okay to be you yeah it's okay to be you um and you don't have to try and be someone that you're not um and take risks (laughs) yeah take risks and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to fail yeah. which is something I need to tell myself. So <laughs> Me too. don't be afraid to fail. Um, yeah. I was fearless about failure until I failed at something. Yeah. And then I wasn't fear. And then I, and then I fell back into that fear. 
again. And that's, I think that's been the last couple of years being like facing down that fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I I feel like, I I think oftentimes, I think it's something that we're going to come in contact with like again Mm -hmm. and again and again. And I think it's, um, it's a matter of constantly facing that, you know, and being honest about it. And, you know, like, um, like I one time had a, I had a role, I got a part in something where it was, it was a huge responsibility to play a character like this. And it was a woman with schizophrenia. So it wasn't a, I remember looking, I remember when I, when I got the, you know, when I got the notification that I got it, it was like, my very first thought was how the fuck am I going to do this? Like there was so Mm -hmm. much fear involved and then I just did it, you know? And I tried things and some things worked and some things didn't. And it was like, I ended up leaving that filming experience of like, holy fuck, I did that. You did it. You know? Um, so it's, I need those reminders. Cause I think like oftentimes, like when those, when we come faced with a challenge, it's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? And it's like, well, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Just go for it. Just go for it. I love you it. know, um, I need to remind myself that every, every time. Yay. Yeah. Where could people find you if you want them to find you on social media or do you just like not want to, um, they can find me, um, at D E V O N F L E U R Y. That's my Instagram. That's Yay. the only, yeah. But I mean, I, I, maybe I should get more on my Instagram. Yeah. I, I mean, just, you just do you. Just do me. So I don't. It. I guess so. <laughs> if you don't have to. I mean, there are some people that'll be like, social media is so important, and then you know. I know. I am. I don't know. If you want to find this podcast, you can find it at Twelve Q Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also um, find out uh, stuff about my other podcast, Brouhaha Podcast, on the Unpops Network. Uh, and then there is uh, my own information. You can get at me at Anna V is found on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on AnnaValenzuela.com for all of my show dates. Uh, <laughs> Anna and- V is fun. Anna V way. is fun. <laughs> I'm fun. She's very fun. Yeah, I do my best. Anna V is V fun. V fun. V fun. Oh my God. V fun. Um, oh gosh. I never even thought about it that way. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome thank you um i can tell you've been watching comedy all weekend i've been watching game of thrones all week. oh god i've been through an experience i've been on a journey yeah i've been on a journey um but yeah uh and also if you want to see a live show with several people who've been on this podcast please come out to the unrepresentables at oino vino uh the third friday of every month at 7 p.m cool yeah this is gonna come out on sunday so uh that friday come out come out and see us yeah. run around it's a lot of fun all right um how we end this podcast every time is if nobody's told you this today Devin, i love you <laughs> thank you yeah you're listening to this <laughs> i love you too thank you i love it that's not that's a hard version of you laughing right now i love it <laughs> oh i love God. it uh, and if you're listening to this nobody's told you this today we love you bye bye